0: So PB and uh, PS, they've been sharing a lot about um, how we're no longer in the Davidic uh, dispensation, but we're in the Solomonic dispensation. And so the Davidic dispensation is characterized by battling and warring. You know, we've got to fight for our breakthroughs. We've got to battle with the enemy. Um, but we're behind that. We're into this new dispensation. That's the Solomonic dispensation. And that dispensation is characterized by building. It's prosperity. There's peace. Right, And um, you know, the Lord's been really speaking to me about how our, our, our church, our, our, our house, um, we're in this stage of, of building. And um, the Lord was showing me that in the, in the previous level, um, PB and PS, they would lead us. They would, we would follow them. They would lead us by example, right? Um, one thing um, is like their house, right? You guys know the story about the house, about how God told them to give up their house um, as a sign to the, to the church to say that, you know, the Lord's be, getting ready to bring uh, a breakthrough through finances, right? They gave up their two-bedroom two house and they got a six-bedroom house. That's supposed to be assigned to us, right? We follow by example. Um, their victory was our victory. They would walk in victory and in turn, we would be like, okay, we have victory now because of them. You know, we would go on missions and we would say, you know, because they're going, we're going. And um, God would speak through Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Sonny, and he would give them revelation and they would turn and give us the revelation and we would receive the revelation. But the Lord was showing me that was the old level. Yeah, that's the old level. That's the old dispensation. And the Lord was showing me what the new level was. The new level that we're stepping into, he's saying in the new level, the sons are going to step into their destiny. You know, Pastor Sonny was speaking a lot about how this is the season that the sons are going to step into the destiny. This is the season of destiny for the sons and daughters in this house. Right? The sons are going to step into the destiny. The father sends out mature sons. Before, the house would send out the father. The father would go out to speak. The father would go out to reap. But in this new season... The father sends out mature sons. The father remains at home, and he sends out mature sons to do the work. No longer is the father leading, praying, working, toiling, building, but the mature sons are going to rise up with him, and they're mm. going to work side by side by the yeah. father. come on, come on. You know, that is the sign of maturity. That's the new level. That is the sign mm. of the new level. And I want to talk to you. You know, um, when a child develops, you know, in, in college, uh, I was a psychology major, um, and in college, there was a joke um, in our ministry, if you're uh, taking psychology, you're probably going into ministry because you don't know what you want to do. <laughs> uh, but anyway, in psychology, uh, we learned a lot about child development. <clears throat> we learned about the different stages in a child's life. And so, you know, we're talking about maturity, a mature son, right? Um, you know, when you're a child, when you're young, you can't do anything. You know, the father has to do everything for you. Your, your parents, they have to do everything for you. You can't eat by yourself. You can't. You, know, you can't dress yourself you can't even go to the bathroom by yourself or you go to the bathroom but they got to clean you up right so you can't do anything by yourself you can't do anything um, the father's everything so he's got to watch over you right you have nothing given to you as your responsibility so that's that's a child right and then you move into adolescence and as an adolescent you serve under your father the father tells you what to do you're given responsibilities right you never lead anything but you're given responsibility you serve underneath the father. And so you're given some responsibilities, but the, the father never gives you anything uh, to, to lead. And then you step into maturity, a mature son, into adulthood. And the father gives you the reins. The father allows the son to do what he feels, and the son has complete authority. He's able to receive everything that the father has. Mm-hmm. And he's able to have complete authority. And entrusting, and, and, and the father entrusts, you know, all that he has his um, inheritance. He entrusts it to the son. And, you know, entrusting means that uh, trusting everything to the person, right? And so Father is able to entrust everything. And I believe that this is a sign of the new level. And I feel like this is what's going to characterize our new level. Um, this is how you're going to know if you're operating in the new level or not. If you're able to take what you have, what's entrusted with you, and you're able to run with it, you're able to take it to a higher place, right? You're not waiting for the father um, or the mother to instruct you on what to do, but you're able to take it and you're able to run with it. Mm-hmm. So now I want to ask a question, like, what are you entrusted with? You know, what are you interested with? And so when I ask that question, the question really is, what is the inheritance of this house? What is the inheritance of this house? So there's a few things. And, um, the first thing when I was thinking about what is the inheritance of this house, I thought, you know, the words that are coming out of this house, the words that's re- uh, released in this house. How do you, how do you use what's, uh, released from this house? The words, how do you, how do you do, what do you do with it when you're mm-hmm. interested with it? Do you meditate on it when you go home? You know, do you share the word that's coming out of this house? Um, or do you forget to share? Do you even forget what happened? Do you go home Sunday night and you forgot already mm-hmm. what, what Pastor Benjamin was talking about? If I if I said, hey, what did Pastor Benjamin preach on last week? How many of you raise raised your hand? Mm-hmm. How many of you know? He didn't preach on Sunday. He didn't preach. On Sunday. <laughs> <Sunday> <laughs> pre- so y'all don't even know. You don't even know. Right? You know, know, a really good example. A really good example. You know, when I went to New Philly. Man, like, I remember when I went to New Philly. Everybody over there is like talking in the lingo of what pastor benjamin preached that said i remember we we left on like a monday or sunday night or something and we got there and evan was already using the lingo that he used to preach in the sermon and it's because they're intentional they use the words that has been given from the house and they share with one another right are you actively doing that number two ministries first question are you in a ministry are you serving for your church right mature sons look to help in the house, they know that the house belongs to them, so they look for things to do, right? Are you serving in a ministry? Are you actively involved? Are you not just, is your name not just on a list, but are you actively going after the things that need to be done in the house, right? Um, do, you things, do you do things to get it done, or do you do it to maintain, right? There's a difference between maintaining, and there's a difference between advancing or taking it and going with it, right? Um, you know, one time my dad, he... Uh, needed to work on a computer and he had a program that he wanted to get into but he couldn't get into it and so he said daniel come here can you uh can you do something with this computer i can't i need to get on this program i can't do it right and so i got on this computer and already the first thing i I noticed there were viruses like all over on this computer right and so i'm i'm opening the the program and it's like i could do just enough like i could get rid of just enough viruses to to open up that program and 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 let it work you know but inside me i was like No, I I can't just do that. Like, that's not good enough. You know, like, he asked me just to get the program working. But as a son, like, I know that I want to serve. the I want to do more than just what he's asked me because I know that it's good. So I got rid of all the viruses, right? And so when he got on, it was like he could do the program and it was fine. It was good. Mm -hmm. But in my heart, I knew, like, I could do more. I could do more with what he asked me to do. I took Mm -hmm. the computer that was full of viruses and I could have just made it good enough. But I wasn't satisfied with good enough. I want to take it and make it good, right? Mm -hmm. So maintaining versus advancing and excelling, right, in excellence. And then the third thing was the house. The house. This house belongs to you, right? When you're a mature son, you understand that everything in this house belongs to you, that that this is your inheritance, right? Mm -hmm. The services, the prayer meetings, right? We're not waiting for Pastor Benjamin to come up to the stand so that we can, like, enter into the presence of God, but we know it's ours. It belongs to us. This house is ours, right? And, um... You know, one example of this uh, that like just clearly uh, relates with me is um, I have a car. I don't know if you guys know. I have a Honda Accord. It's a '98 Honda Accord, right? It is. It's heck of old. Jesus. No, 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 no. No, I'm kind of young, but not that young, No, but uh, '98 Honda Accord, right? And so when my dad, my dad bought this car in uh, '97, and um, man, he took care of it. It was his baby, right? He took care of it. He had it for like ten years. Right? He took care of it, it as his baby, and then finally he gave it to me. And I was like, "Cool, I got a car!" And you know, I drove it to school. I showed off to my friends. I got a car, but you know, like in my heart, I didn't think it was mine. I thought it was my dad's, even though on the paper, you know, on the owner paper, it said Daniel Kim. It belonged to me, but I didn't feel like it was mine. And so what ended up happening was. You know, like I would eat stuff and I throw the trash in the car. Ooh. You know, birds would like poo on it, and I just leave it for like months. I don't even like let it wash off. I just wait for the rain came. You know, and like the paint starts. Sh- I don't know if you guys yeah. see my car. My car is jacked yeah, up, Jesus. right? It's hella jacked? It's like So, like because I didn't believe that it was mine, I didn't take good care of it. I just did enough. Like I put in gas. You know. When I had get an oil change, I'll wait, you know, until my car is about to like explode and I'll go get the oil change. But the thing is like I didn't have ownership for what belonged to me. It belonged to me. It was my dad's, but it ultimately belonged to me, you know? But I wasn't able to take ownership of it. And so the question is, are you able to take ownership? Do you believe that everything in this house belongs to you? Right? It's yours. Right? Just like the Honda Accord is mine. And if I knew, like if I, if my dad bought me a Honda Accord today, do I'll take care of that. That'd be my baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> If anyone brought trash, I'll be like, no, 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 you take that outside, right? Yeah. I'll take care of it. I'll wax it. I'll do all that stuff. I'll, do, I'll take care of it. But I wasn't able to do that because I didn't feel like it was mine. You mm-hmm. know, do you possess the inheritance of this house? Is it yours? And the question I want to ask is: Do you know that as a, as sons, like everything in this house belongs to you? You know, Pastor mm-hmm. Benjamin, Pastor study, they keep saying, um, you know, our. Ceiling is your ground floor. It's because everything that they have, all the breakthroughs that they've had, you know, everything that they've gone through, it already belongs to us. Mm-hmm. You know, it belongs to us. Like when a baby is born, like when Alethea was born, right? She didn't have to ask her dad, Dad, can I um live in your house? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dad, can I can I go into the fridge? Um, I'll buy some food off of you. No, it was hers, <laughs> she knew it belonged to her, right? Yeah. She didn't have to she didn't have to toil for any of that. Yeah, the okay. stuff that Pastor Benjamin Pastani had to like fight for, it was already hers. And same as that, it belongs to us. Mm. Do you know that these things belong to you? Mm. All right, I want to turn to Nehemiah, and if you have your uh, Bibles with you, let's turn to Nehemiah two, I'm <coughs> going to verse twenty, and I'm going to read to uh, chapter three, verse five. <coughs> so, chapter two, verse twenty, through chapter three, verse five. All right, and then then I replied to them, This is Nehemiah. He said, "The God of heaven will make us prosper." And we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no portion or right or claim in Jerusalem. He's talking to the enemies of the Jews. Now, chapter 3. It says, Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and set its doors. They consecrated as far as the tower of the hundred, as far as the tower of Hananel, and next to him the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zakur the son of Amiri, Built The sons of Hasena built the fish gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. And next to them, Miramoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired. And next to them, Meshulam, the son of Barakia, the son of Meshazabel, repaired. And next to them, Zadok, the son of Banah, repaired. And next to them, the Tekotinah. The coits repaired, but the nobles did not stoop to serve the Lord. All right, before I get into what this verse says, I want to talk about Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah was a great man, right? This book is written after him, and um, he wrote this book. Now, Nehemiah was the cupbearer for the king, right? And the Lord speaks to him, and he says, Jeremiah, build the rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, right? And so, Nehemiah gets his vision. And now, Nehemiah was this amazing person. He he goes before the king. He could have died for asking even, right? But he says, you know, like, king, let me go to my country. I want to build these walls. He got, like, all the materials, and he brought it, and he gathered all the remnant of the Jews to rebuild the broken walls, to rebuild the broken temple, right? So, um, you know, but I don't want to focus on, on Nehemiah because... You know, like the question I want to ask is who built the walls? Who actually built the walls? Who actually built, who actually did the rebuilding? And um, the verses that I read, um, it talks about all these people that built it, right? And Nehemiah isn't mentioned once. And you know, the whole chapter three, it goes all the way through and Nehemiah is not talked about once, but it talks about the sons of Israel, the son, it says like the son of of that, the son of Hassanah, Hes- the son of Hassanah, right? The son of whoever, the son of Uriah, the son <laughs> of Hakaz, right? He yeah. says all these sons. Mm-hmm. And, and what the Lord was speaking to me as I was reading this is, you know, Pastor Benjamin, he had the vision. He gathered the people in Emeryville. He had the vision to establish a church in Emeryville, right? But you know who's going to build the house? Pastor Benjamin is not going to build a house. Pastor Benjamin is not going to build a house, but the sons, the sons of Israel, the sons, of living hope, we're going to be the ones to build the house. Mm -hmm. We're going to be the ones to build the house. The living hope is not about Sonny or Benjamin. It's not. The building of this temple was not about Nehemiah. The book is not called Nehemiah because they're building a temple in the name of Nehemiah. Or this book wasn't about Nehemiah building something great. But it was about the sons of Israel coming together to build, to rebuild what God was doing. Right? It wasn't about Nehemiah. Nehemiah cast a vision. He had the vision. He played his part. He played, he, he gathered all the materials. He got the permission of the king. But the Israelites were the ones that came, right? And so we got to understand that we're the ones that are supposed to build a house. Pastor Benjamin, he's been telling us, like, this is a year of destiny for our mm-hmm, sons. Mm-hmm. You know where destiny is? Our destiny is to build this house. Mm-hmm. Our destiny is to build this house. And I don't say this to, to honor Pastor Benjamin at all or anything like that. But I say it to honor him, to honor him even greater because he's raised us, you know, Pastor Sonny always says He says You've been raised For a moment such as this God has prepared you For a moment such as this You know Pastor Benjamin Pastor Sonny They've been speaking to us They've been speaking to us For moments such as this They're mm-hmm. raising us up For a moment such as this To build the house mm-hmm. To build this We must We must build this house Right mm. We must build this house So the question is How do we build How do we build And um, there are a few things And the first thing is You gotta buy to the vision You have to buy to the vision Um and I know we're close to Oakland. I know we got Oakland Raiders fans in here. How many of you guys are Oakland Raiders fans? No? Oh, okay. I thought it was a good one than that. Yeah. But Niners fans, how many Niners fans in here? Okay, we don't have any fans. All right, I'm a Niners fan. All right, don't hate me. I love the Niners, all right? Man, and um, you know, I don't know if you guys watched football, and I don't know if you guys saw last season. But man, the Niners... Before the glo- or after their glory days, right? After they won Super Bowl there at Dynasty on this stuff, man, they were like the junkies. They they were like horrible. Right? And it was hard to be a Niner fan. It was hard. It was so hard. Man, I'm not gonna lie, it was so hard. Um But man, last year a new coach came. His name was Jim Harbaugh. Right, Jim Harbaugh, he, he wasn't very experienced. He was he was a guy who led uh you know Stanford to a bunch of successful seasons. He turned that program around and um he came to the Niners and everyone had doubts, you know? If you're a Niner fan, you know, you knew when, when Jim Harbaugh got hired, they're like, dude, why did they get this, like, fresh guy? Man, he has no experience in the NFL, you know? Man, what is he going to do? What is he going to do, right? The year before, we had a coach who was, like, a Hall of Famer. He was a Hall of Famer, and, man, he didn't do that well. <laughs> right? He didn't do that well. And so we're, like, heck of doubting, right? But the one thing that Jim Harbaugh did was he was able to get the players on the team to buy into his vision. And you know, like, I used to play sports, I used to play football, and there's a difference between just going to practices and, like, buying into a vision when the coach tells you, like, gee, you can do it. You can do so much better than what you think you could do. When you're able to buy into that and you go after it, man, there's a difference. It takes you to a higher level, right? There's practice. And then there's your own practice. Like if you buy to the vision you'll practice and then you'll be like, No, this isn't good enough. I gotta do more. I gotta do more. So you have to practice you're like, go and practice by yourself, right? And that's what the Niners were doing. That's what the Niners were doing. And you know they didn't win the Super Bowl last year? Man, they went twelve and four. Which is Man, so much better than a seven and nine, right? Man, I would say that was a success, right? That was a success. And that was because the players were able to buy into the vision, right? And Pastor Benjamin, and Pastor Sonny, man, they've been casting their vision. They've been casting their vision to us. Every week, Pastor Benjamin, he'll speak. He says, this is a year of destiny for our sons and daughters, right? Yeah. My my ceiling is your ground floor. He's been telling us <laughs> over and over. He's casting vision. Man, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this, Right? And you have to be able to catch that vision. You have to take that vision. You have to make it yours. You got to make it yours. You know, do you just follow orders or do you buy into the vision? You know, uh, this year was super challenging year for me. Um, and, um, you know, this year I was, uh, I came in, I came on staff and I was asked to be the director of media. You know, and, I, and I, let me be honest. i gonna be honest a little bit. Is right. it okay if, I be, if I'm honest a little bit? yeah. And so, I mean, I had no experience whatsoever at media. I think the most experience I've ever had in media is um, I just sound for a praise team a little bit. But that's not even what I was doing. <laughs> I wasn't even doing that for a media team, right? I had no experience. And so when Pastor Brandon and Pastor Cindy, they came to me, and they're like, you know, we been praying and, and we really feel like, you know, we want to ask you to come on staff to to be on the media team. I want you to be the director of the media and communications. Man, I was like... Okay, you know, that's not really what I thought they're talking about when they said, you know We feel like the lord has a calling over your life We feel like the lord has great plans for you all this stuff, right? But you know, what, I, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna do it And so I did it and you know, they asked me to do all this stuff and um Yeah, i'm not gonna lie There was a long period of time where I did it just because I was told to do it I did it because pastor benjamin asked me to and out of my honor for pastor benjamin out of my love for him As a father, I did it but you know what? Um, like Pastor Benjamin was saying, like that discouragement began to weigh down on me because I wasn't happy. I wasn't doing it because I wanted to do it. And you know what happened? My ministry suffered. My ministry suffered and, and, and I couldn't do well even though I was trying to maintain. It was so hard, right? It was so hard. But slowly, I remember I was speaking to Pastor Benjamin for a long time I didn't talk to him and then after a while I talked to Pastor Benjamin and I was just telling him, Pastor Benjamin, I'm so discouraged, right? And then Pastor Benjamin began to t- tell me, he said, Daniel, you know why I told you to come into this ministry? It's because, like, I I broke my back trying to build this church and do media at the same time. You don't know what a what a joy it is. You don't know what how much you're setting me free by just doing media for me. To have a consistent, like, media. You know, you don't know how much that sets me free. You don't know how hard it is for a pastor to start a church and to work media for, for like, eight years. To do it all by myself. I built this website from scratch. <laughs> I did it all by myself, right? And as, as Pastor Benjamin began to speak to me, I was like, man... This is what I'm doing. I see what I'm doing. I see how what I'm doing is is building this house. I see how what I'm doing is edifying every single person. I see how what I'm doing is reaching the nations, right? We set up the podcast. Man, there's like 20 different nations that are listening to a podcast. I'm like, dude, this is what I'm doing. And right when I was able to catch that vision, dude, man, I got excited. Man, discouragement just broke off me. You know, it was like... It wasn't even there. I didn't have to do it. I didn't have to pray fast. Dude, it just broke off of me because I wanted to run with it. I wanted to take it and I wanted to go. Number two, remembering the promises. Like these Israelites. Oh, talking about the Israelites. buy into the vision, right? Like Nehemiah, he cast the vision. If the Israelites weren't able to catch the vision of Nehemiah, man, why would they come? Why would they come and rebuild this, this the city that's been broken down? You know, why would they do that? They're okay with where they're at. They may be slaves, right? But dude, they don't have to worry about people, you know, like, discriminating against them. Like, you know, like, attacking them. All these things. They don't have to worry about that. But they were able to catch the vision. They were able to see what Nehemiah was planning to do. What he wanted to do. What God wanted to do. They were able to catch their visions. That's why they came. Right? And so, remembering the promise. I really believe that um, when God tells you to do something, it always comes with the promise. And I want you to think about, you know, the promises that God gave to the Israelites up until this point. Right? Even just starting from Abraham. Man, he was telling them that they're going to be a mighty nation, right? Nation will be, all of the nations will be blessed through you. Your descendants will be numerous like the stars in the sand, right? The stars in the sky and the sand on the beach, right? On the, on, by the ocean. You're going to possess this land. There's going to be no one that can overtake you, right? All these promises. If the Israelites didn't believe that God was going to do these things, they would never be able to come. And so I want you to think about right now, what are the promises that God has given to this house? And you know, I sat with Pastor Sonny. I was like, Pastor Sonny, what are some of the promises that God has spoken into this house? And she was like, list. Like I couldn't even write it because she was going. There are so many, right? And, and this is a promise. This is a year of destiny, right? For sons and daughters. This is a year of destiny. We're going to set the deliverers free, right? Pastor Kirby, he 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 prophesied that over that. Oh, uh, prophesied that over us. We're going to set the deliverers free. Those who are going to deliver those out of bondage, right? God's going to bring a fire that's so big. It can't be put out. There are going to be logs from all different nations that are going to come and they're going to be lit up, right? There's a fire, a true fire of God, right? And they're going to be established. People are going to be established in true sonship, right? We're going to be raised up. We're going to raise up powerful teachers, pastors, leaders, right? We're going to build schools. The weakest of us are going to be a thousand. The weakest of us are going to be mighty nations, right? Glory to glory, increasing, increasing, right? Man, so many promises. If you're able to lay hold of those promises, but how can you not be encouraged? How can you not want to build this house? How can you not buy into this vision? Right when you meditate on those promises, you got to meditate on those promises. Right? right. The third thing, you do your little part. And now in chapter three, it talks about each of the Israelites how they came, and you know a lot of them, they just sat and they built their one part of the wall. Each person <laughs> built one part of the wall, and you know, um, in the ministry, a lot of times you don't really get to connect. And see everything that the other ministries are doing. And sometimes, you know, I'm not going to lie. This happened to me too. You know, I would do, you know, with ministry or with media, I would sit and I would do my thing. And I would be like, man, how is this building the house? I don't really see how this fits into anything. Right? I don't really see. But you know, what you don't realize is that, man, chapter 30 is lists and lists of people. There's so many people. What you don't realize is there's, man, there's like tens and 20 and 30, 100 people who are building their own part. And what happens is you build your one piece And all the pieces come together and it builds the wall. All the pieces build the wall together, right? All the pieces build the wall together. And what you don't realize is that your little part, your little thing, right? Your little thing actually is building a big, big piece, right? What you do might seem insignificant, but all of us together, man, we're building the kingdom of God. Man, we're building the kingdom of God. Heaven is coming down on earth because of that thing you're doing. Because I'm putting up the podcast (laughs) on the internet. Because I'm turning on the Ustream. God's kingdom is being established here. The little thing that you are doing, the little thing that you're doing is establishing the kingdom of God here. You know, Do not disqualify yourself. Do not disqualify yourself. You know, you might think that what you're doing and who you are, you might not be qualified to be of any significance. Let me read to you some of the people that were building this wall. All right? There were priests. There were nobles. There were governors. There were goldsmiths. All right? Man, those are awesome things. they are also perfumers. Mm. I don't even know what that is, but I guess they made perfume. <laughs> yeah. Man, if I was a perfumer, man, I wouldn't be telling people what I was. Yeah. Hey, bro, what do you do? Uh, you know, I, drink, uh, who, I make your wife smell nice. I don't know. Perfumer. I don't even know what that is. I, they're perfumers. And then there are rulers of half districts, of whole districts. And they're temple servants, and all these different people, they had different gifts, they have different things, but they built their one piece of the wall. They built that one part. They sat at that one place and they just built their wall. And you have to believe that what you do is not insignificant. You have to believe that. You have to believe that what you're doing is building the kingdom of heaven. You have to believe that. Right? Each person is each person doing their part is so important. And then uh, uh, next one, we need each other. You know, one of the things that you see on this in, in chapter three is that, you know, each of the people that were building, they sat right next to each other. They sat right next to each other and they're building their wall. And what you don't realize and, and what you don't really think, and I kind of think of it this way because who played with Legos before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You guys played with Legos, man. Legos were tight. Yes. But you know those little square blocks? If you want to build like a wall and you want to make it strong, you don't build it like right on top of each other, right? You know what I'm talking about? You got you to gotta put it like this and then you got to put one in between. You know what I'm talking about? And then, But what you, you can't build like two separate walls and then try to put them together. You got to build them all together at once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You guys know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so when these guys were building the wall, they were building their one little piece, but what they were doing was they were building together. You know, the guy who was sitting here, he was building, he needed the pieces on this guy and he needed the pieces of this guy. They had to do it together. They had to put it together. And what we don't realize is that Sometimes it feels like we're doing it by ourselves. But actually what we're doing, man, we need each person in this house to to build together. We need each other. And you know that's why the spirit of disunity is like trying to come against us, right? Like how many of you have felt like you were disconnected from the people in this house? Mm -hmm. Man, why do you think you feel like that? It's not because it's you, it's because the enemy wants you to feel like you're disconnected. The enemy wants you to feel like your little piece, it doesn't matter and no one can use it. Mm -hmm. No one no one needs it. But the truth is that we need every person. You know, from the person who cleans the toilets, right, to Pastor Benjamin who preaches the word, every person in this house is so significant. It's so significant. We need each person, we need to come together to do it. We need each person to do it. I think the biggest lie of the enemy in this season is that we aren't qualified, we aren't gifted, we're not good enough. And, um, you know, before I end, I wanted to share a a story about uh, from Thailand and Myanmar. Um, You know, as you guys know, I came back from Thailand Myanmar like three weeks ago. And, um, you know, it was powerful. You know, pastor way. it was a historic trip. You know, like that's when Pastor Center retired. You know, Mickey's now the missions pastor. You know, we were able to establish those people. But you know what? I really felt that we went there and um, we were able to minister to pastors, to long-term missionaries, you know, to all the locals over there, right? We got to minister to all these people. And you know what? You know what I found and what I saw was that these people, man, they were poor. You know, they didn't experience God. And everything they talk about with us is like, you know, we need more money. We need more people. We need more manpower. We need like a building. We need this. We need that. We need that. We need more God. Da, da, da. We need prayer. We need, you are know, like they, they were in so much need. You know, and I felt so discouraged. I was like, man, God, like why aren't you moving in this nation? You know, like why do these people look so weak? These people look so weak, Right. But God spoke to us. God specifically spoke to us. Like, there was one night we were so discouraged. We came back, and and Pastor Sunny, she was, like, trying to encourage us. She's like, you know, like, let's talk about things, like, good things that we saw today. Um, What's bothering you? Like, da-da-da-da. We're trying to get encouraged. And um, I remember the Lord spoke to us the night. He he said, don't look in the natural. Don't look at these people in the natural. Open your eyes. See them in the spirit. Because I've placed deliverers in front of you. I've placed people who are going to set the nations free. You know, in Luke four eighteen, it talks about Jesus and how he came out from the wilderness, right? He came out in the power of the, of the Spirit. And then he goes into the temple and he reads the scripture and he reads from Isaiah, right? He says, the Spirit of God has come upon me to you know, set the, uh, set the captives free, to uh, open the eyes of the blind. Da, da, da. You know, like he, he's, he's saying these things. He's saying, the Spirit of God has come upon me because I'm a deliverer. I'm going to set the captives free. <laughs> and this is before Jesus did anything. Right, and so if you're the Jews and Jesus came <laughs> to the temple and he read that and he's like, "This scripture is fulfilled today," and he sat down, you'd probably be like that. You'd be like, "What the heck, right?" You'd be like, "What the," but Jesus knew. He knew that when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he would be able to do all things. He'd be able to. He knew that he was going to be a deliverer. He was going to set the captives free. He was going to, you know, shift this world. And he went out and he did it. And he flipped this world upside down. Right. Jesus looked like an average person. I I bet you, like, if Jesus came today and he sat, like, we wouldn't even notice him. You know, maybe he doesn't even look. Maybe he looks less than average, right? But he knew that the Spirit of the Lord was on him. He knew that he was qualified. He knew that he was more than qualified, right? And I felt like the Lord was saying that about the people in Myanmar. You know, in the natural, they look weak. In the natural, they look like they're nothing. Mm -hmm. In the natural, they look powerless. In the natural, they haven't been doing anything. But the Lord was saying, in the Spirit, man, they're more than conquerors. They're deliverers going to set the captives free. And I, I, as I been to pray and as we get to meditate, man, God began to shift our hearts. We began to open our eyes. I, I feel like God opened our eyes in the Spirit and we began to see, right? And when we first got there, man, it was hard for us to shift our spirits. And we didn't really see anything. But God shifted our hearts. And when we began to pray and declare in faith, man, God began to move in power. And the Spirit began to, like, fall. And things began to shift. And, man, people were like slain. They began to experience the power of God, right? And, you know, on that trip, I I looked and I I said, man, God, I I see that, man, when you reveal who you are, when people begin to understand who they are, man, things just break off. Things just begin to shift and they begin to move in power. And it was never that they weren't qualified, but it was because they didn't believe who they were. And, you know, as I come back here, um, you know, that's the same thing that I see here. I'm not saying that, like, we don't move in power or anything. Man, we move in mighty power. But you know what? I don't think we understand the fullness of who we are. Come on! You know, I don't think we understand who we are. Jesus said, "The spirit of the spirit of God is upon me to set the to set the captives free, right? To open the eyes of the blind. All these things. And that same spirit lives in us. The same spirit lives in us, and we go out and we can do the same thing, right? And what I'm saying today is, man, as sons and or as sons of His house, man, we're called to build this build this house. We're called to build this house. And you know what? You've been anointed by the living God. You've been anointed. By the power that raised Jesus from the grave, you've been anointed by that power. That same power to build this house. Mm-hmm. And and my challenge to you today is this: Man, are you gonna are you gonna make a decision to walk and to build this house? Are you gonna make a decision to be mature sons? And and I really believe that the Lord has placed mature sons in this house. Man, you go any other church in this in this country, man. I, I've been to like different churches, man. You will never find you won't, you won't find too many churches that have groups of men like this. And I believe that the Lord has raised up mature sons in this house. Mm -hmm. And my question, and my challenge to you is this, are you prepared to walk? Are you prepared to come alongside pastor Benjamin to walk as mature sons, to build this house, to walk in the spirit, to know that you've been anointed, to know that you've been anointed by the spirit of God to build this house. Mm -hmm. Are you going to come alongside each other? Mm -hmm. Are you going to build this wall? Are you going to build this wall? And you know what? At the end of the night, they build this wall, right? They build it. And, um, I want to ask you, do you have that vision, right? Do you have that vision? And I want you to make a decision in your hearts today. I want to make I want you to make a decision in your hearts today that you're not gonna waver. You're not gonna be um, you know uh, distracted, you're not gonna be distracted by the spirit of distraction, by the spirit of distraction. You're not gonna be distracted by the spirit of confusion, of of discouragement, you're not gonna be distracted by those things. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna build this house. Mm-hmm. You know, I really believe that God has raised us up. God has brought us to this place for this specific moment for sons and daughters, for mature sons and daughters to rise up and to build this house together. Amen. Let's all stand together.